We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm going to welcome Tom Brokaw in. Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, I, I gave all your credentials, which is probably unnecessary for the people in our audience. But if you could maybe talk about, you know, your initial initiation to the Twin Cities, because as I recall, you won some sort of contest that qualified you for a trip to the a trip to the Twin Cities while you were still quite young. Well, what happened is I was living in a small town in South Dakota with construction town, so there's a lot of turnover, and the only paper that came on Sunday was the was the trip. And then you could win a, uh, a trip to a game to see the uh, Gophers play if you got X amount of new customers. Well, it was easy for me to get the new customers because they were kind of always moving in and moving out. So I had two of them. I went, uh, rode the train, <laughs> the Milwaukee Road, overnight. And one was my friend Jimmy Brown because I sold so many copies. And we got picked up in the morning, and we were taken to a kind of not great hotel <laughs> in downtown Minneapolis. And then out to Gopher Stadium. And we sat in the end zone. I was a big Gopher fan because Paul Gill was my big hero in those days. Mm. And then I knew about the McNamara brothers. And it turns out two people from what became my hometown, Yankton, played for the Gophers. Uh, one of them later became fairly well-known, Perry Gehring. Sure. And then a guy by the name of Skip Coates, who was playing about the time I was watching him. So I really had this Minnesota attachment. Our family, my mother's side, came from Minneapolis, and I always thought I was going to go to the University of Minnesota. But then I ended up at Iowa because I went with a teammate from my hometown, Yankton, who was highly, highly recruited, including by the Gophers. I always remember we drove up there after a game to visit the campus, and Maury Warmoth saw Bill, who was the six foot three inch. T quarterback and can throw a rope 50 yards. And he said, oh, my God, we love you guys. Uh, and But at the same time, he got a much better offer from Iowa, so we went there. Eric, you had a question for Tom Brokaw about uh, his book and maybe relationship to Sid. Well, uh, Mr. Brokaw, you literally wrote the book on the greatest generation, and I was wondering if you could place Sid, the attributes that Sid exhibited, kind of in, into that defining of, of the greatest generation, kid of the Depression and so forth. Well, you know, a lot of people are uh, examining this generation now because of what we're going through. I always believed that the greatest generation was formed first by the sacrifices and the hardships that they made during the Depression. You know, they went without anything uh, for so long. I talked to a man who won the Medal of Honor on on D-Day, and I said, my God, what was it like? And he said, it wasn't as hard as putting up hay on my uncle's farm in the middle of the summer. So 
that kind of told you about everything. And all the, almost all the enlistees would say, I never had a new pair of boots until I went in the military. I didn't have a clean, I didn't have my own shirts or pants. I was wearing hand-me-downs. So they were tough, and they were prepared, and obviously the challenge was very, very obvious. So it was the most important thing I've ever done journalistically was writing that, and it still comes back to me in so many ways. New generations are now reading it. A young man in Big Timber, Montana, came out the other day kind of emotionally, and he said, my grandfather said I had to read your book, and I had no idea until I did. So that's very gratifying. You know, uh, Tom, I'm not sure how much you actually had a chance over the years to interact with Sid Hartman, but I had so many off-bike conversations with him over the 39 years that I did the sports huddle with him. And, and there was something about your name that would come up, and you made several visits here and you talked to Dunkers once, I remember, but was there some, something there that, that I may not know about that, that led to that closeness? Because he had a real fondness for you and your work, both the television work, and Sid, who wasn't a great reader, uh, somehow got really enchanted by your re research into the greatest generation and brought that up on the air multiple times. Well, I... Uh... I really do think it was the most important thing I did, and they, it was the generation that raised me. I lived in an army base during the war. I wore a helmet when I was in the, four years old to class every day. You know, it was the, the war was everything, and uh, people were running, going off to war, and coming home from war. And you know, at that point, we weren't sure about how it was going to turn out. Uh, I remember my grandfather, who was too old to be enlisted, but he, you know, he would take Time magazine and show me on the maps where everything was going on. And then as I left there, I got into my junior high years and, and senior high school years, and all my coaches were veterans and all my teachers were veterans, and they never talked about it. They never talked about the sacrifices that they went through. And when I began to unpeel their stories, I realized this is something that America needed to know. I remember Sid and I talked about me writing that book, and uh, you know, and, and he, he he thought it was the most important thing I could ever have done, and so I think it was universal from that from that generation on. Eric, are you feeling some sympathy for the debate moderators in this? <laughs> well, I actually thought I thought I thought uh, our uh, White House correspondent did a phenomenal job, and I had been in touch with her before the debate. And uh, I thought she did a really good. It's very tough. I've done two of them. It, you almost never make everybody happy. And then they've got kind of cockamamie rules. And the cockamamie rules are, you know, how you trade off, how much time you have. So you're spending most of your time worrying about that. And then what invariably happens is that the candidates immediately break all the rules, whatever they were. They just break the rules. And so you kind of, when you're sitting out there and everybody's looking at you to maintain control, that's not. I thought it was unfair to be critical of Chris Wallace. He was just in such a very difficult place because Trump was just running roughshod over everybody. And that's what happens. I'm not sure that the debate commission probably has a future. I think there's going to be a big, big reexamination of it all. I want to tell you a quick Bud Grant story, if I can. Absolutely. Uh, when I, I was out in Minnesota to do something, and uh, he, he came to the event, and I I introduced him. He said, oh, I know who you are. He wrote The Greatest Generation. He said, damn it, I missed out on the invasion. Of I said, you do not want to have gone on Okinawa. You know, it was oh. a death trap. No, but I trained for it. I was ready to go. It was so typical of him. And then it well, turns out that my high school teammate uh, played for him in Winnipeg. 
So when I mentioned that to him, he said, oh, my God, Bill Whistler. He said, I taught him to hunt. I said, no, I know all about that. I was his backup. And it was Whistler who had been recruited by Minnesota but decided to go to Iowa. So I felt connected to Bud at that point. And I, I know all these stories now about Bud and Sid. And my favorite one is when they had the flat tire in the middle of nowhere. And, and Sid thought he saw a light in the distance. He started running toward it. <laughs> the coach said, you're going to run a long way. That's the moon. That's not a light. <laughs> that is just, that's, that, that, that story is in the strip this morning. It's like number 77 of the 100 Sid stories. And it was my favorite on the list. And I'm glad you mentioned Tom Broca, before we let you go, we got about a minute and a half here. You made the most of one of those visits to the Twin Cities. I, I recall from our, our exchange of emails, you not only went to the Gopher game, but you went what, to a Laker game where you uh, ran into someone relatively famous. Well, I, I, uh, the Lakers were still in Minneapolis, and I, my, my friend Jimmy Brown and I came in to see the football game. He saw that, and also the Globetrotters were playing at the old Minnesota Auditorium. So we ran down there, literally ran, and it cost us 25 cents to get a seat in the nosebleed section. So we bought those two seats, but we ran downstairs, and they were standing talking to fans with George Mikan. So I ran up to him. <laughs> With my friend Jimmy and I said, hey, we're a couple of basketball players from South Dakota. We're an undefeated junior high team. <laughs> he, he could not have been more cordial. He was so uh, attentive to us. So I emceed the 50th anniversary of the NBA, all the greatest stars. And uh, the first person I was introduced was George. And I said, George, I'm sure you'll remember that I came up to you. You know, at the Minneapolis Auditorium, and told you about my junior high team, and he laughed, and he said, you know, I think I do remember that, of course. Oh, course that is did. great. But Tom broke up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.